0: Welcome into another edition of NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. Chris Wilner here in the Concord Studios just north of Charlotte, North Carolina. Kyle Ricky out at Stafford Motor Speedway where they're gearing up for the big 50th anniversary of the Spring Sizzler at Stafford. Kyle, it's been an event we've talked about for many weeks since we started this show for 2022. It's finally here. What's the uh, excitement level like for you guys out there at Stafford?
1: Yeah, I was in the office on Monday of this week and I walked in and I'm like, finally, it's the (laughs) week we have been talking about. It's the week we have been promoting for I feel like years, but it's been about five months or so. Uh, You know, right when our season ended last year, we went almost immediately into spring sizzler mode. And uh, now just a couple of days from the big event, nearly 50 teams are entered, two big days of racing, Uh, all of our Regular weekly divisions are going to be in a part of the event. The past super late models are going to be here on Saturday. So a lot going on all on flow racing this weekend from what will be, a, I promise, a dry Stafford Motor Speedway because it's not right now. There's a bunch of teams here trying to test and Mother Nature is just not
0: cooperating. I was about today. to say that's a guarantee from Kyle Ricky because right now Mother Nature has other plans. But luckily it's testing day. So if it's going to rain, do it now. Get it over with. Uh, before this weekend we'll preview the the spring sizzler coming up here in just a minute want to get to some big racing coming up uh, once again the arc menard series out at talladega super speedway after nearly a month break for what it seems like a month or about a month actually for arca back in action here for the uh Arkham Menard series is is back on a super speedway, Kyle. And I guess that only means one thing who's going to beat the likes of Corey Heim and Drew Dollars? I feel like they've got that whole track, really the whole super speedway program figured out. Uh, Venturini Motorsports versus Kyle Busch Motorsports this weekend.
1: The Venturini Motorsports, um, the last five Talladega races, they have won. The last two Daytona races, they have won. Um, they have got the super speedway deal figured out. Corey Heim Uh, picking up the win a couple of months back at Daytona to open the season. He's going to have a bunch of teammates working with him, Parker Chase, Gus Dean, Tony Breidinger. So um, look out for, for those four, Uh, but yeah, great entry list, a a healthy field of, of drivers, a lot of uh, young talent, a couple of veterans there to mix things up. And uh, it's going to be a great race to kick off a busy day of racing on saturday at the talladega super speedway right here on um, motor racing network
0: 1 p.m eastern time that's right we will have the coverage i'll be actually down in talladega this weekend tuning into your action live on flow but i'll be busy covering the ark menard series 75 laps around talladega Uh, again can anybody top ventrini motorsports we'll see i like raja karuth nick sanchez kind of the young guns coming in uh, as well as how about dave mater the He's back a local alabama racer got second last year so maybe he could spoil the party We will see, once again, 1 o'clock Eastern on the Motor Racing Network and FS1. ARCA West, though, for those that didn't make the trek to Talladega, they're going to be out at Kern County on Saturday night, a late start for those of you tuning in on Flow. I think 11.15 Eastern time is when the broadcast goes live. Uh, Tanner Reif coming off that big win at Irwindale. The West Series continues to really impress with some young talent because Tanner Reif is still in high school. Uh, We'll see what he could do if he can go two for two, Kyle.
1: Yeah. We had Tanner on the show um, after he won a couple of weeks ago, the season opener for, for ARCA West. And I like that kid. Great personality, just fun. And that is something that, that, you know, we need more of in every division. Uh, You always want personalities to promote. And I think Tanner has added a ton uh, to the ARCA Menards West uh, lineup this year. And and I think he's going to be obviously a championship favorite. He's the early Title favorite now, and uh, look forward to seeing what he can do this weekend, albeit very late on Saturday night, but it's only 8.15 West Coast time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. But uh, I'll have to drink a little bit more coffee on Saturday. Uh, Bowman Gray Stadium opening again, one of the historic short tracks, the longest running NASCAR short track uh, opened in 1949. will kick off its season this weekend with a, a pair of races. The Hayes Hay- Jewelers 200, 200 lap modified race, and they don't call it the madhouse for nothing, Kyle. I think we're going to see a lot of fisticuffs, a lot of beating and banging going on over the course of the season like we always do.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, that's what they promote there, isn't it? <laughs> a Bowling Gray is the fisticuffs, and then the racing comes second. But, right. uh, you know, I love I love where Southern Modified Racing is right now. We have talked so much about how the Northern Modified Tours, all the tours, the open shows, they're fairly healthy. You know, we're going to have almost 50 cars here this weekend. But you look at a lot of the Smart Modified races over the last six weeks, they've got healthy fields, 24, 28, 30 cars and I, you know, a lot of those competitors compete at Bowman Gray on a regular basis. And Bowman Gray usually opens up their Hayes Jewelers 200 weekend with 28, 30, 32 race cars. And, and, and you know, only 20, I think 24, 26 make the cut. You can only put so many on that quarter mile right. oval. And uh, it, it makes for a great event. You know, 200 laps uh, to start the season. The Hayes Jewelers folks have been a longtime partner with the opening event at Bowman Gray. And, uh, you know, Tim Brown looking for... Yet another championship coming off uh, title number eleven in 2021.
0: Yep, and we'll have Tim Brown on the show coming up a little bit later to talk about the opening of Bowman Gray and what he expects to be another season of of a lot of battling with Burt Myers. I think it'll come down to those two again for what hopes for Tim and Tim's sake at least is a 12th title at the track. Uh, well, Kyle, we're going to talk Spring Sizzler because we got a special guest coming up. He's won the event a few times, Doug Kobe, but what can we expect i mean i think this has grown to be especially over the last decade or two the most premier you know modified race in the northeast it really kicks off the season yeah there's been some races already earlier this year but this is your time to shine at stafford and this is where really the big money starts to be made and and obviously live on flow this year is going to be a big deal bringing in a lot of new fans uh what can those race fans though that aren't had that really never seen a race at stafford or a modified race in general really can expect uh this weekend yeah.
1: well a lot of money on the line One hundred thirty thousand dollars in total over both days uh qualifying races uh dual qualifying races on saturday uh 40 lappers uh those lineups will be determined after the heat races to to start the day on saturday afternoon uh, the top 10 in each transfer Sunday uh, we will have last chance qualifiers on Sunday afternoon, leading up to the 100 lap event Sunday evening. It's a great field. It's a stacks field. We have a former cup champion in the field and Bobby Labonte, Ryan Priest is in the house, Doug Kobe, defending winner, Patrick Emerling. Um, just, you know, four names there, a lot of local talent, Mike Christopher Jr., uh, the nephew to the late great Ted Christopher who has six spring sizzler wins uh, Todd Owen, the Defending Track SK Modified Champion, he'll be entered into, uh, into the Sizzler. A lot of young guns, a lot of old veterans. It's going to be a great race. I don't know. I've never seen this format before. This is something brand new. Uh, when the Sizzler started out, it was an 80-lap race. And then NASCAR got involved uh, with their sanction in the mid-'80s, uh, early-'90s. They, they lengthened it to a 200-lap event. And uh, this is going to be the first time in, in quite some time that it's a uh, hundred lap race distance. Actually, it's the first time it's a hundred lap distance. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they can serve tires throughout the weekend and uh, you know how just the strategy plays out from one day to the next uh, when we get to the big
0: race on Sunday. Absolutely. And I'm also keeping my eye on Jimmy Blue. It's going to do double duty. He's got an SK modified as well. We had him on the yep. show a few weeks ago oh yeah big money matt hirschman too hello i can't forget about him he's going to try to keep his streak going in 2022 so i mean everywhere you look there's going to be a favorite so i'm really excited to check it out you're lucky enough to get to call the action and be there throughout the weekend uh kyle how can race fans tune in this weekend
1: flowracing.com obviously the easiest way um and i think that's the direction that a lot of short tracks are going i feel like every every couple of days there's a new short track on flow, but you know, Stafford, you know, we're proud to say we were the first pavement track, obviously dirt built the flow racing platform for a number of years before, uh, us asphalt folks came along last year. And, uh, gonna be two full days of racing. I mentioned a little bit ago, the past super late models, they'll have an event here on Saturday as well. So a lot of racing uh, at a, uh, you know, I, you know, I have my favorites, obviously, and this <laughs> it's is a okay. uh, favorite of mine at a, at a great venue here at Stafford Speedway. So it's going to be fun.
0: Absolutely. We look forward to it. All right, well, it's time to visit with one of those drivers who's got a bit of success at the racetrack. It's his home track. Doug Coby uh, is joining us here coming up on the other side of this break. So when we come back, let's talk to Doug Kobe and get a little bit d- deeper into what makes the Stafford Springs Sizzler so great and maybe what he expects coming up here in 2022. You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Ark Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. And joining us now via Zoom on NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing, it is the driver that calls Stafford Motor Speedway home. Six-time NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour Series champion Doug Kobe is with us. Doug, appreciate the time. I know you're gearing up to go racing for the Spring Sizzler. Always a fun time of year to open the Stafford schedule. Uh, How excited are you to get this uh, year underway in, in a big race, one that you won back in 2019?
2: Uh oh, super excited because it seems like everybody started racing, uh, except for me, uh, you know, not running the tour full time this year. I'm already, you know, they started two races already and then, uh, the Southern guys have raced and some guys race up at Loudoun this past weekend. So, uh, really anxious to get going and, uh, really excited to, uh, debut, uh, with my new slash old crew chief, John McKenna. Uh, so we're, we're really excited to, uh, get to Stafford for the sizzler. It should be
1: an awesome show. You mentioned John McKenna. You guys found so much success together, what, 12 years ago now, back in like 2010. What drew you back to him uh, when, when Phil left? Uh, man,
2: uh, John's just such a smart, crafty guy. Uh, it was 2000. Well, we started in 2010. You are correct. The uh, World Series at Thompson uh, 2010 was our first race. Our, first, our only full season together, well, our first full season together was 2012. Of course, we won the championship that year, uh, came up just short again in 2013. And, um, you know, a lot of the guys from the 52 came with me to the two team, uh, who then stayed with me to the 10 team. And so we are at this point kind of like a, a huge dysfunctional family and uh, certainly John and I have been uh, close friends throughout my time working with Phil and he was helping uh, the bowler car. So he was on old blue for uh, many years now, helping them kind of dial uh, a chassis. That's not an LFR chassis, not a Troyer chassis, but helping them dial their program. in. Uh, you know, he wasn't their crew chief, but he was helping them quite a bit uh, with how everybody's got new setups and whatnot. So, you know, listen, um, racing is always about people first and, um, it's going to be a smooth transition for us. You know, John's got a lot to learn about the LFR chassis because he's never crew chiefed on one before. Um, but if you can get all the other stuff out of the way and just gel automatically with a guy that you've won, you know, a championship with we've won, I believe eight races together on the tour. Um, it's really like the best fit for me.
0: Yeah, and, and speaking of change, too, just a couple years ago, you know, you used to run for a bunch of different programs, a lot of success, but to transition to running your own program over the last couple years, how rewarding has that been for you to kind of call the shots, have your name on it, and run? <laughs>
2: uh, not rewarding, I guess. Um, it's not, that's not really how that's not what I wanted to do, uh, in racing. And I still, my team's still evolving. Um, there's a lot more that changed with, with my team in the off season. And I think people understand, um, a lot of equipment that I was getting some help with from various people, various sponsors. Um, a lot of that changed as well. So that's kind of what led to the part-time decision this year, because there was just a ton of change from Phil and the equipment. Um, you know, I'm still deciding what the 10 team is going to be long-term. It's very possible that we might only be a team that can compete a limited schedule, open shows, you know, big shows here and there, because I want to work with John. And because John has a full-time job, he can't necessarily, you know, prepare a car for the demands of the full tour season. So it's very possible that my team might kind of transition into this open show team, and I might be looking for, uh, you know, to team up with somebody on the tour, you know, maybe for 2023, um, we really just have to see how it evolves here with, um you know, this being new, you know, with uh, everybody, the new old, is kind of a cool mix, but it's also a little bit of a challenge because it is, you know, like Kyle, you said, it's 10, you know, 10 years later and everybody's lives have changed. You know, there's a lot different from all my crew guys um, with their work commitments, family commitments. So it's, it's really a team effort and, you know, we'll see how this year goes and see what we want to do
1: going forward. Seven races, I believe right now on, on the schedule, Uh, you'll be at Stafford this weekend for the spring sizzler. How did uh, that, those seven races come to be?
2: oh man uh well i looked at the schedule uh that was available for all the open shows i looked at all the series from tritrack to mrs open shows the tour and really looked at my uh my guy's travel worries and travel commitment um the you know the licensing requirements for the tour you can do per event licenses up to four races so if you do any more than four races you do have to buy four Full season licenses. So, you know, not to say that that was a limiting factor, but um, at the time, I didn't have all of the information as a car owner that I needed as far as the payouts for the tour races. Um, you know, I don't even think they had announced, uh, flow racing yet as you know, the tour coverage, um, there's been a ton of additional bonus monies added to the wheel and modified tour shows that may have changed my schedule, uh, had I known them in advance. Um, but I took the schedule at the time I saw, you know, Memorial day weekend, you know, we have three races to choose from Memorial day weekend. It's Friday night at Claremont. It's Saturday at, uh, uh thunder road or it's oh sorry saturday uh with the tour at jennerstown or sunday at thunder road and i looked at that long weekend for my guys and i'd like to give them the full race weekend the full weekend to do whatever they want to do so we're going to claremont on friday for fifteen thousand to win uh that's the closest for all of us and it's also the easiest on the schedule so once we started looking at things like that, you know, John is a kind of a guru at Seaconk. He and I run well together there. So we picked the Seaconk open show. He had basically told me one race per month was the, the goal for us. And so once we got from the sizzler, which I said, I wanted to do Claremont, which made sense schedule wise, and then Seaconk, which made sense for June, then that led us into Loudon and Thompson for, you know, the tour shows. And then we just looked at the fall races and kind of said, well, what do we want to do? And, and that's what we came up with. So I'm excited for our schedule. I think it's, um, it's going to be challenging for us because I've raced as a tour competitor for so many years and to go to the sizzler this year as an open show, it's not a points race for the tour. And it's got different tires, different competitors, different motor packages um, that we're all going to bring together. And I don't know how we're going to run Um, but we're going to find out and, um, you know, then we'll go off to Claremont with whatever this weekend hands to us.
0: Yeah. And that led to my next question. I mean, just a part-time aside, but coming into this year's sizzler just with so many unknowns and you haven't really raced yet. So, I mean, how much of a struggle is it to kind of get a hold of things and be good right out of the gate? Whereas years past, you'd come in with some races under your belt. You kind of know what to expect. So how much different is this year's sizzler going to be?
2: Uh, I don't think from a preparation standpoint, it'll be a huge difference i mean if i if i can't get around stafford on any set of tires in any type of car by now i shouldn't go um i think it's just you know this these tires are the uh, m20s and m30s that um a lot of series have run I, I mrs runs them all the time um i think they ran them uh some open shows maybe at wall stadium maybe not even last year i don't i don't know exactly who runs them i know the southern guys are running them uh with the smart series uh, the smart tour um, we use, you know, we run a similar tire in the MR or the sorry, the tri track shows uh, the thirteen thirties and thirteen twenties. But there are subtle differences in all these tires, especially from the tour tires and how quickly they fall off and tire management and how much stagger you need for the setup that you normally run. You'd be shocked to know that you know sometimes you put a different compound tire on and you're running you know three eighths to half inch more stagger just to get the car to turn. Um, So those are the things that we are inexperienced at as a team, because we've just been locked into running the wheel and modified tour so long and what those rules are so you know it's going to be a lot to adapt and um, certainly 100 green flag laps at Stafford plus 40 laps in the duel on Saturday plus eight laps in heat races with very limited tires to choose from. uh, That's pretty much going to be uh, the name of the game is is who can save tires and who's around at the end with. Uh, with tires. And it might be me or it might be somebody else. And and I think that's going to be the ultimate strategy call there.
1: All live on Flow Racing over the course of the weekend here at Stafford, a four-time winner of the event. What makes this race so special for you?
2: Oh, you know, it was my first uh, ever tour-type modified win back in um, 2006. And um, you look at the names of the uh, former Sizzler winners and to know that if I get to five this year, Um, not only does that put me one step closer to, uh, Ted Christopher's all-time record of six, uh, but then the SRX ride comes along with it this year and I'd love to defend my turf. So it's, it's a big race for a lot of reasons. Um, it's kind of like kicks it it's weird because it's never the first race of the new england racing season but it's always like the biggest race and um it's always you know the pit party and the fans are out and you've got the local divisions with tons you know stafford's car count for asphalt you know racing is huge by all regards in every division top to bottom so it's just a big event and um you know you got the changes at stafford this year with the new uh tv screen on the infield and upgrades throughout for the fan experience new pavement for the midway new ticket booths um you know the roots have just always upgraded their facility and always made it a place that their their big races are are truly big races to win. And you know, the purse this year doesn't uh doesn't hurt either because this race pays a ton of money that you really just don't see in asphalt modified racing.
0: Doug, the final question for me, you mentioned the SRX right. Obviously you won at Stafford last year and and really kind of led the charge for the hometown heroes in each of those SRX races. Does that weigh on your mind? We talked to Bubba Pollard last week who got the ride for five flags this year due to his finish at the uh, twin races down there uh, last week, but he kind of said, it's something you think about, but at the end of the day, you focus on the race. Is that how you're approaching it? Cause obviously we know you want to get back to run that SR- SRX race and defend your title, but how much does that weigh on your head when you approach the sizzler uh, this weekend?
2: Uh, It doesn't weigh a whole lot. Um, I I think, you know, it'd be awesome to do it again, but it would also be awesome to see another short tracker get a shot to go at the stars. I don't want that to happen, but it's just a huge opportunity for anybody. And that's what I think, you know, Bubba can convey as well. Um, I I think Bubba's the odds on favorite at Five Flags when the SRX series shows up. I think he'd be the favorite in in most any series that goes there. But, um, you know, for me, I'd love a second shot. Um, I think if I can go out there and win the Sizzler, I think, uh, you know, that'll be a big deal because people will say, here he comes again now for SRX. And I'll worry about that if, if and when it happens. Um, but I'm just thankful that this is a big deal. I'm thankful that SRS exists, exists to give short trackers a chance to race against our heroes and superstars um, that we've watched either growing up or watched right now. Um, I've, I've said all along that it's awesome just to have a seat at the table for short track racing. And, um, I'll always do my best to, uh, represent short trackers to the best of my ability, but you know, whoever wins the sizzler is going to have a huge advantage when the SRX guys come back in July, because Stafford is a hard ass track to get around. Uh, I don't care how experienced you are. I think anybody that wins the sizzler should be considered the favorite for that SRX ride or SRX race when they come back
1: coming on July 2nd here at Stafford. Uh, You won it a year ago, as you mentioned. How do you describe that night to people?
2: Oh man, Um, pretty damn awesome. I guess that's the best way to describe it, just from how um, cordial all the other racers were, how amazing uh, the behind the scenes SRX staff was to work with from the guys prepping the cars to the people that were organizing the event, all the media folks who were there, it was an awesome experience to be a part of. And then just to see Stafford speedway rocking like it was, um, and the feedback that we got from CBS and, uh, the fans who got to watch short trackers go at it. And and of course, to win the event, uh, was a truly special night. Um, everything kind of unfolded. I think how the, the, uh, fairy tale ending wanted it to unfold. And I think it, um, it did a good thing for short track racing and that's, uh, anything that does that in 2022 or 2021 at the time, but in this era to have short tracks promoted um, over um, other opportunities or other options is a big deal. Um, Anytime you're on a national stage with short tracks is a big deal. So we'll leave it at that.
0: Well, it was so much fun to watch last year. We cannot wait to see what this year has in store. Doug, we are out of time, but we really appreciate your time. And uh, I know you were down testing at Stafford earlier this week and uh, gearing up for another spring sizzler and a shot at taking home the checkered flag. Good luck this weekend.
2: Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it, guys. Always a pleasure to be on. And uh, hopefully we're talking next time about uh, a sizzler win and going for SRX number two.
0: That's the plan. All right, that's Doug Kobe getting ready to tackle the Spring Sizzler once again at Stafford Motor Speedway coming up this weekend, all live on Flow Racing. We'll take a quick break and be right back on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing.
1: The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you car Bell number 20 into your lawn? Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in laws? If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at Toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing Inc. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy
3: in four
0: You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Ark Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. Welcome back in to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. Chris Willner as always, Kyle Ricky. And we've got a special guest back with us in the studio, Rob Blount from Flow. What's going on, man? You've been pretty busy.
4: Oh, you know, same old deal every week, just trying to have fun, cover races and Make the coolest content we can make for Flow Racing and try to get people to watch. And this week we got some some real cool stuff on the channel, so I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Thanks for having me back, by the way. I yeah, appreciate it.
0: you're more than welcome anytime. And I've been surfing Flow every night, watching all the good stuff you guys do. And speaking of cool stuff, we've got Bowman Gray Stadium opening for what is what season number? I can't do the math, but 1949 is when it opened. If you want to do the math, and then, then. And the guy who's won now 11 championships is on the phone, Mr. Tim Brown. How are you doing, bud?
3: Man, if I was any better, it'd be a hundred of me.
0: (laughs) I like that. I like that. Uh, First off, uh, you got to be excited to get back to racing after this off season. What have you been up to since securing that 11th uh, track championship last uh, fall?
3: Man, we have, uh, I'm so blessed in life. It ain't even funny. So we've been building brand new race cars, been enjoying my five-year-old and my one-year-old and enjoying my wife and uh, just enjoying the, the guys and, celebrating 11 championships and a great season last year and just super excited to get back in the cockpit of that thing and go after number 12.
1: An 11th championship last year. Um, how harder are these things getting to, to win every season?
3: Uh, you know, it's, it's funny you say that. It's, uh, I just had this conversation with my guys last night as we was working on the car. You know, when I first started winning championships, it was like two cars you had to beat. And and if you beat those two cars week in and week out, you're going to win a championship. Now it's ten cars that you have to beat. Uh, so naturally, like if you look back at the record books, it comes down to me and Burt and Jason and Lee Jeffries and Chris Lemon or Jonathan Brown or whoever. But it's it's ten guys that can win every week now when it used to be two or three. Um, so if you do the math on that, it's gotten quite a bit harder. Uh, so you have to work harder. You have to be more disciplined. You have to. Um, to be mindful of every move that you make that, uh, you know, it could have detrimental, uh, to your point situation. So you gotta be smart. Um, you gotta be patiently aggressive. I like to call it, you gotta gain points when you can. And, uh, you know, I I try to go sit on the pole and win every race, uh, but some nights we just miss it. You know what I mean? And you just got to take what it gives you that night and not try to, um, to get more than you can get that night and get caught up in something and, and have a DNF or, you know, finish 20th when you could have finished fifth or sixth or whatnot. So, it's harder and harder, man. And I don't know if it's because I'm getting older too. It's uh, <laughs> it definitely ain't as easy as it used to be.
4: With the way the 2021 season ended, that championship is obviously in doubt, really, until the last handful of laps there for you. But you you come out on top. You score that 11th championship, uh, a milestone championship for you. How long does does that sit on the top of your, of your mind and you're celebrating that championship before you're turning around and saying, okay, now we've got to do the same thing again in 2022 and go after 12?
3: Sunday morning after that night. <laughs> I don't play. Dude, I've got to do this to win. And uh, I was focused on Sunday morning of what we got to do to get better because it went down to the last race too close for me to be comfortable. So we started on Sunday and Monday was ordering new parts and pieces for this year. And uh, we've worked our guts out all winter to be the car to beat again this year.
0: Tim, they don't call this place the madhouse for nothing. And I think Flow Racing fans are going to get a good look at it because this will be the first time that it's been on Flow all season long. That exposure in itself is pretty exciting, I'm sure, for you as a race car driver to have that level of an audience tune in each and every week. But for those fans that are tuning into this show, they're like, well, man, I, I've never seen a race out there. What makes Bowman Gray Stadium so special for you And why do you keep coming back what keeps you coming back each and every year
3: well you know there's there's multiple answers to that question uh for one is i grew up there right i grew up there watching my grandpa's cars race and uh uh you know i knew from the time i was three or four years old running around in the grandstands up there and playing in the dirt that that's what i wanted to do uh and two is the history of the place you know what i mean and and three is the fans i mean man, the fans there are freaking amazing. Whether they hate me or they love me or they don't really care about me, they're all amazing. They all show up week in and week out, sit in the rain, hailstorms, whatever, to watch us put a show on. And uh, it took me a long time in my career to figure out that we're there for entertainment for all those people and not there for just me to win races and sit on poles and try to set records, right? So once I learned that we're entertainers, uh, then then you learn that – Interact with the fans, whether they love you, or they hate you, and make it fun for them, right? Um, and that's that's part of it, you know what I mean? And that's what makes it so exciting. I, I love, I love to, um, I love to outrun Burt Myers, and then his fan come by me and say, Burt, still the man." That's great, but he wasn't tonight, you know what I mean? <laughs> or Lee or whoever, you know what I'm saying? So, and that's you know they're having fun, they're paying money to have fun, and and man, I enjoy it when I win. I only enjoy it when I win um because that's what we work so hard to do i'm a terrible loser
0: <laughs> me too <laughs> i feel like i feel
1: like most of us probably are i don't see many great losers there's a few out there but uh
4: like tyler Yeah, i watched
3: to- that and i was in this i was in disbelief i, was like, yeah. <laughs> I mean I, okay like, okay so put in that, perspective that never raced at the stadium
0: <laughs> so put in perspective tim is that was if that was you who got dumped on the last lap last corner what would what would have been your reaction what would you have done
3: uh, I mean, I don't know how much you know about me, but it ain't going to go down with a handshake and, oh, man, it's okay. I should have been further ahead of you. I respect how Tyler handled it because he's got you know millions of people watching him on TV and all that, but, man, I'd have been the highlight reel for centuries if that had happened to me on national TV for a cup win, my first cup win, and you wrecked me like that. Dude, it's going to be on.
4: <laughs> well, I've heard there's a chance that it could be on fairly frequently this year. Uh, some of the guys that I've talked to have said that the the new pavement there has made this place completely different and a lot harder to run side-by-side on, which could lead to a lot more contact this year. Uh, what are your thoughts on the resurfacing of Bowman Gray Stadium?
3: My true thoughts are they need to take a bulldozer today and dig it up and repave it for we'll a race next year or six months from now when it's cured or whatnot or whatever it's going to do because it's that bad. Um, but, you know, Greg Garrison and the whole staff at the track feels like it's the same for everybody, but I don't feel like it is. I put my heart and soul into this race team, and uh, it's a shame that that's what we have to go race on this year, honestly, because it's going to be a terrible race for the fans. There is no outside, period. Like, you can, the, the record can outrun us on the out, from the inside if we're on the outside. It's how bad the outside is. Uh, it's going to be single file. Qualifying is going to be everything. You're not going to be able to pit because you're not going to be able to get back through the field. It's just going to be terrible, um, but it's the same for everybody. So we're working hard on our stuff to make sure we're the fastest car, so we can sit on the pole and uh, lead it all.
0: I was going to say, so how does that change your driving perspective? Especially maybe like, let's say you don't sit on the pole, you're third or fourth. I mean, is it going to be the chrome horn's going to have to be used a lot more this time around because you can't well, pass?
3: Well, you're not. The, the problem is, is the track so much slower now than it was? So if you, if I mean, you can't really plan it out, right? So. If a guy misses the corner by six inches and slides up and you knock him out of the way, guess what? If he gets back in line behind you, then he's going to run you down and knock you in the fence. You know what I mean? So, if, man, it's, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be different. Uh, and I guess this is what's going to uh, really be a mental challenge for all of us racers on how we handle it because it is that bad. I'm telling you, it is that bad. <laughs> like, it is terrible. So uh, it's not going to be good racing, and I really hate it for the facility because they did spend a lot of money. I don't know who paved it or why they did it like they did or what asphalt they used, uh, but it's just a mess. I mean, a mess.
1: So no matter the pavement, uh, this, uh, the next three weeks, uh, three very different events, the 200 lapper, the Hayes Jewelers 200, Twin 25s, night number two, then you have a 100 lapper in a couple weeks' time. Uh, Do you have a preferred length race at Bowman Gray? Do you like the long-distance races? Do you enjoy the the sprint races? Is there a preferred type of night for you?
3: Uh, Man, I tell you, it's kind of crazy. I've always done really well in the 25 lap races because I'm a decent qualifier. But I hate the double feature nights. Uh, I like to get in, get it done, and go home, right? So, when you do the Twin 25s or Twin 50s or whatnot, you go do your deal, then you got to come back and you got to start mid pack or in the rear. And I just, I've never liked that handicap stuff. Um, I mean, you know, I'm a racer. I work hard on my stuff. We work hard to find funding to, to buy the speed that you need to go be competitive and run up front. And I just don't like the handicap stuff. Um, and I get it from the entertainment side of it. And I struggle with that for years. You know, if you're the fastest car and you sit on the pole, you should be able to start on the pole and win as many races as you can. And, you know, the 100-lap races, uh, you know, I don't like them because you qualify and then the whole field draws. Uh, so, you know, you can sit on the pole and draw 24th, and then the way the track is now, it don't matter if you had 15 cones for you to choose from, you're not going to win the race start dead last with the way the racetrack is right now. So, um, you know, part of me is excited to go race and just see how it's going to be, and part of me is, like, really dejected on, on how bad the, the new track is for us all to, uh, to go race on. But it's the same for everybody. So, whoever makes the, the right changes and, and gets the setup right and the things, you know, really going to make them look bad. Uh, and that's the whole thing that worries me. Take somebody slides in a, a set of tires or something this year is going to like annihilate the field because it's that bad.
4: Uh, you know, one of the things that we talked about, Tim, before we uh, got you on air was just kind of reminiscing on the fact that you obviously just scored your 11th, you're going for 12. Burt Myers has 10. He's going for 11. You just stopped that last year, obviously, or maybe delayed it. Who knows? But obviously, you guys are fierce rivals. But at the same time, when you take a step back and think about it, do you ever think about just how impressive it is that the two of you have been able to do what you've done at this racetrack at the same time, pretty much? Uh, Obviously, there have been people that have won a lot throughout the years, but you guys have done a lot of winning together.
3: Yeah, and then what's even more impressive than that, we grew up together, right? Like, I was in the pits, you know, with my grandpa's cars while he was in the pits with his daddy's cars. And, um, you know, me and Burke used to be really good friends, went on vacations together and, and things like that. And then as we got, you know, more competitive and we were battling each other year in and year out for championships and whatnot, then, then that kind of drove a wedge between that. Uh, but I respect uh, him and his ability, uh, his race team. You know, he works hard at it so do I, Um, you know, that he's deserving of everything that he wins because they work hard at it, you know what I mean? Uh, And and I feel like we're deserving, me and my race team, and my sponsors are for everything that we win. And, uh, you know, my passionate goal is to uh, um, make sure he don't win any more races and any more championships. If I win them all, then he can't win anymore, right? (laughs)
0: And Tim, to wrap things up, because we're just about out of time, I know how special championship number 11 was for you just because life changes, right? You got kids. Like, it was an emotional championship for you. Could you put into words what 12 would mean, especially to have your family behind you and watch it, you know, go after this historic uh, achievement of getting a 12th?
3: Man, you know, it really didn't hit me until that night when I won my 11th one and I looked around and my wife's not there. And my kids are not there, and that, that's and then my dad had passed away a year ago, and my grandpa died a few years ago, and I hadn't won one since all of those changes in my life, right? And it just hit me like a snowball of emotions, and uh, it, you know I, I was I was super excited and super happy that I gave Todd Hunt his very first NASCAR Modified Championship at the stadium, but deep down inside I was super sad that my wife and and Cam and Marley wasn't there to celebrate it with me and that my dad wasn't there and that my grandpa wasn't there. Um, Because without all of those people, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Um, And it really, really bothered me that my wife and my kids wasn't there. And my wife brought my kids to practice Thursday night, and I promise you, I promise you, When I win my 12th championship and my wife and kids are there, it's going to be the most special one I've ever won. You can put that down in the damn record books right there. That'll be the most important one and the most precious one in my life.
0: Well, Tim, I really appreciate it, man. We certainly wish you the best of luck, and and I hope that moment happens because I can't imagine – I'm sure a few tears would be shed when that happens.
3: Absolutely. And I'm going to hold my kids and my wife and hug them and – man i i can't wait like I, I hope it's this august if not it'll be next august or the next but uh tim brown ain't nowhere near being done
0: that's for sure well tim i appreciate it get back to work and uh, we look forward to seeing you uh back on track this weekend my friend
3: uh thank you guys for having me
0: all right that's tim brown getting ready to chase after a 12 can not believe it 12th track championship at bowman gray that opens up this weekend you can watch it all live on flow racing we'll be back right after this You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Ark Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. And welcome back. NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. Just heard from Tim Brown going after a 12th track championship at Bowman Gray. Kyle, a couple big news to wrap up the week, and it was all about revisiting the past north wilkesboro speedway announcing its revival series at the end of this year Uh, down at bristol they talked about kind of running an august pavement schedule uh, with some of our super late models late models stocks whatever you want to bring they're going to race it and then the transition to the old dirt surface in october for some of the dirt action with late models and sprint cars before hopefully getting a full repave a full upgrade and uh, trying to bid for possibly a truck series race or maybe even ARCA uh, sometime next year. Kyle, what are your overall thoughts, man? North, North Wilkesboro, it, Dale Jr. said he wanted it to be back. I think it's coming back.
1: It's uh, it's going to be interesting, and I think it's an announcement that took a lot of us off guard. It, it occurred while we were at the Bristol Motor Speedway for the, uh, the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race last Saturday. Uh, they had a press conference in the media center with a lot of folks um, in charge of this revival. It'll be interesting. Um, uh, I think it's a great opportunity for a lot of short track racers across the country, and especially in that region, to race on a racetrack that has been in the news a lot the last couple of years, especially on on an old, worn-out surface. I don't even remember the last time they repaved North Wilkesboro Speedway. Uh, Heck, they haven't even raced on it in roughly 12 years. Uh, The last time the pass cars went there, and uh, there were a couple of other short track shows. Look forward to seeing how it works out. Um, I hope it doesn't affect the other short tracks in the region because this is the same time of the year that places like Hickory motor speedway, uh, which isn't that far from North Wilkesboro, you know, it's starting to wind their seasons down. So um, we'll see, we'll see how it's supported and uh, the dirt. I don't know much about dirt, but they're going to race on the original dirt again tune in 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 October for for a month's worth of dirt racing at North Oaksboro Speedway. And then I can't see, I can't wait to see how they use that. What is it like $18 million to to upgrade the facility uh, during, you know, the off season and into 2023.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So once that dirt uh, revival series with the sprint cars and late models is done in October, full repave in 2023, $18 million was provided from both the state and federal funding. So really cool to see kind of governments getting involved in reviving, you know, historical places, uh, especially like North, North Wilkesboro. And again, the goal for NASCAR is to, you know, they, they came out and said the facility infrastructure, not really going to support an Xfinity or cup series race, but they are certainly interested in getting the NASCAR camping world truck series back to North Wilkesboro. And I think that would be a great idea if they can get it done uh, sometime in 2023. All right. Final piece of news, Kyle Pinty's, is back for five more years with uh, basically promoting everything nascar in canada but of course being the title sponsor for the pinty series and it's an exciting series nonetheless and i think they realized that and said incas for five more years
1: hard to believe we're already going to be that deep into the 20s uh <laughs> but um yeah six year ex- or yeah six year extension five year extension um and on flow racing uh, so we'll be able to watch the NASCAR Pinty Series here in the U.S. live uh, when they uh, they open up shop here in a couple uh, a weeks' time, May 14th at Sunset Speedway in Innisfil, Ontario, Canada. Uh, an exciting schedule for the series this year, and, and Pinty's has been a great partner to that series for the better part of a decade now, and, and I'm glad it's going to continue uh, now for another uh, at least five years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We'll see if LP can go for title number four in his illustrious career well that does it and uh kyle we're gonna let you go because i know he's gonna get busy back at stafford getting it set up for the spring sizzler have a great broadcast my friend enjoy the weekend uh, i know it's a very special time of the year for you guys so hope you get to enjoy it
1: it's gonna be a great weekend it's, it's something that we've been uh, building up now for a while and it's gonna be a great race live on flow racing all we need is mother nature to cooperate <laughs> the early forecast says Knock on wood so let's uh Let's hope for a great weekend.
0: All right. Looking forward to catching the action on flow. I'll be out at Talladega again. MRN's coverage of the arc Menard series coming up one o'clock Eastern time on Saturday. We also have all kinds of racing. The Madhouse Bowman gray opens as well. Icebreaker Berlin, Jeff Striegel. If you're watching, you're back in action this Saturday. Hopefully mother nature cooperates as well. Enjoy wherever you're watching the races this weekend. And we'll, I'm sure talk about it all coming up next week's episode for Kyle Rickey, Chris Wilner. Have a great weekend, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast, be sure to subscribe to Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR roots, where you can catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, the Ark Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today.